It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Welcome back to your weekly dose of shock therapy brought to you by the State Again Network. I'm your host, Tyler Lawrence. With me, as always, is my co-host, Zach Alfers. How are you doing during this bye week, Zach? Yeah, I mean, the bye week is always the longest week of the NFL season, but we made it through. We, You know, we got another team to prepare for, uh, you know, the start of basketball season, baseball, playoffs. That helped me get through this long, long week, but I, I'm excited to have a game to be looking forward to this weekend. I, I saved the all-in episode because I knew I was going to be just itching for some Charger football. And I watched it today before I got on, and I'm glad because I I, was, I missed it this weekend. It, it That's part of my Sundays, and uh, it, it was taken away from me. Um, happy that we have a game on the docket this week. I'm ex- so excited because I feel like this Patriots game has been one I've had circled for a little while now. Um I just, when was the last time we beat the Patriots? I was trying to, I was looking it up and not since 2008. We, we do not play very well against the Patriots consistently. And I, I couldn't find another win. I, I think my lifetime since bo- being born, I think we've only beat the Patriots once in 2008. And Matt Castle was the quarterback. So it's so aggravating. I want to beat Bill Belichick so bad. I don't think we've ever beaten. No, he was head coach back in 2008, but we're, I mean, Matt Castle was your quarterback, right? That's what I'm saying. It it wasn't a, it. Yeah. We haven't really beat Belichick at full strength and I'd love to get one on him. Um, And it'd be long overdue. Long overdue. overdue. There's just one of those teams that have always been, you know, a pain in our side and it would be, it would be so nice. I know it's a regular season game, but this one means a little more to me because of the opponent. I, I, I want to be the, I want to be the cutoff hoodie King and Bill Belichick. I can't stand that guy and we need to get a win. We need to get a win. We need to put that Ravens loss behind us. Um, and I think we do that by coming out strong against the Patriots. When I think of the Patriots, I think of playoffs and all the yeah. times they've ended our playoff hopes. It's, always feels like the road always goes through new England and and for, you know, the past two decades, it really has. And they have destroyed our playoff hopes time and time and time again. And it would feel so much better if this was a playoff game, 
to be able to, to, to beat them in that scenario. I don't think they're a playoff team this year, but I, I, we need this win. I need, we need to beat the Patriots. It's been far too long, too long. And it starts this week. Yeah. Um, I say it, I say it's our time, you know, no Brady over there. Belichick doesn't have the insane roster that he normally has. Um, and, you know, we're on the up and up. You know, we have a really good, complete roster. We have a new uh, coach trying to seize the, you know, seize the reins. This would be a really big win for Staley going up against Belichick. Um, that will be a big win for, you know, his early resume. So the Patriots play the Chargers. It's going to be at the Patriots uh, Gillette Stadium. I think it's still called Gillette, right? Gillette Stadium. Sure. Uh, the Patriots are three and four. The Chargers are four and two. They do play on Halloween at 1 p.m. on CBS. Um, I don't have the opportunity to go to this game, which is really digging at me because I feel like this is a game I really wanted to attend. Uh, but other things kind of take precedence. So that's not I'm not too happy or stoked about that. But let's go ahead and get into the week eight injury report. The Chargers are healthy. Yes. Really, really healthy. And the Patriots are not. The, the NFL is not healthy. And it just makes me so grateful that we had that offseason routine. We got three players on the injury report. Nasir Adderley, our safety, is dealing with a hip pointer. He was a full go. Uh, Drew Tranquil, still dealing with that chest injury he suffered at the end of the Browns game. Uh, he was a limited participant. Uh, Mike Williams, who's had the swollen knee uh, the last last week, last two weeks, he was a full go as well. As far as the Patriots go, I mean, man, it's a, it's a long list of guys. It's Everybody, full, You got a full side of the football and some reserves on there. Yeah, it's a, it's a lot. It's big, but everybody was a limited participant. Uh, just going over some of the names, center David Andrews, linebacker Juwan Bentley. By the way, what a name, Juwan Bentley. <laughs> <laughs> Kendrick Bourne, wide receiver, Carl Davis, defensive line, Kyle Duggar, safety, Nick Falk, uh, kicker, uh, kind of interesting to see a kicker yeah. on the injury report. Uh, David De- Devon Godchocks, I don't know how to say his name, something like that. Defensive line, uh, Dante H- Hightower, Brandon Keene, Shaq Mason, Johnny Smith, Josh Uche, Kyle Van Noy, Sean Wade, and Detrick Wise. Uh, so they, they got a lot of guys that are uh, banged up. I think they're really rooting for a, a, a bye week here pretty soon because they absolutely need it. I, I, I honestly, though, I think most of that, especially with all 15 of those guys being limited participants, I think a lot of that is just Belichick being the old school trickster that he is. He, I guarantee everybody on the Patriots r- roster is an inch taller than they are supposed to be. You know, he goes for that, like the shock factor. So I, I, I really want to say all 15 of those guys play it. In all reality, there's probably three of those guys out of the 15 that are, are, are probably nursing some things. I feel like the most of most of it is veteran guys getting some veteran day off and mostly Belichick being just trying to get any advantage he wants. I, I don't think it's going to work. I think Staley and the Chargers are too smart for that. But I really think it's mostly Belichick just trying to play tricks on the uh, opponent. That's that's a possibility. They are, I guess, relatively healthy. I don't think they have a whole lot of guys on IR. Uh, just some some you know bumps and bruises type type of issues. Uh, going over the teams as a whole, 
Uh, the Patriots are averaging 370 yards a game. The Chargers are averaging 390. Uh, their yards passing, the Patriots are averaging 275 yards. The Chargers are averaging just under 300. Uh, rushing yards, they're pretty evenly matched, about 95 yards a game. Uh, and then defensively, the Chargers are allowing a lot of yards on the ground, but they are holding up against the pass. So the Chargers are ranked dead last, 162 yards rushing a game, yeah. and they're only allowing 216 yards passing. The Patriots have been um, giving up a little more yards through the air, 260, and then they're rushing about 105 yards a game. So they seem to be pretty evenly matched. I think that the Chargers have more offense, um, offensive talent than the Patriots do, but the, the Patriots are the – the team that does the best game planning from week to week for the past decade. We all know Bill Belichick's history, his record, his, uh, he's just one of the best head coaches ever. If not ever, he's gotta be, he's got the most Super Bowl rings, right? Uh, going over their offense. So Mac Jones, they are starting a rookie quarterback. And honestly, I think he's been the most impressive rookie quarterback this season. Um, definitely, definitely better in than, the last couple of weeks. Definitely, definitely coming on strong recently. Yeah, he's been playing pretty well. He's completing over 70% of his passes. He's got 1,700 yards, almost 1,800 yards passing through the air. He's got a 9-6 to six touchdown to interception ratio, which isn't all that bad. I mean, if you compare that to Justin Herbert, uh, Justin Herbert's got uh, 1,700 yards passing with one less game. Uh, and then... Justin Herbert's also 14-4 when it comes to touchdown to interception ratio. He's playing like a rookie, but he's playing like a, a pretty good rookie, one that looks like he's he's going to be around the NFL for a little while. Uh, as far as rushing goes, Damian Harris is their lead back. Uh, 95 attempts for 437 yards. That's 4.6 yards a carry. Uh, he's also got five touchdowns. They're not really getting a whole lot of production out of the rest of their running backs. And then – they don't really have a true wide receiver one. They have a, a, a handful of pretty decent, I would say, wide receiver two and threes. Jacoby Myers is their leading uh, receiver. and uh, He's got 390 yards receiving. Kendrick Bohr, who's a 49er castaway, uh, he's got 350 yards receiving. You got Nelson Aguilar there. They got a good group of tight ends. We've talked about it for a while. I'm actually, one of the matchups I'm looking at is Hunter Henry just because we know Hunter Henry very, very well. Um, I, I see him having a pretty good day against us. We'll talk about it a little bit later. Uh, Jonu Smith is also in that room, and then they, they have uh, just a slew of other wide receivers and running backs who have, you know, dinking and dunking here and there. Um, defensively, they've been playing fairly well. I think Adrian Phillips is their highest-graded defender. Um, my page isn't loading so i'll let you go ahead and start talking a little bit about the patriots what are you looking for them let's just say offensively well i I think just first off to beat the patriots we we need to play a full complete game all three phases need to be you know executing and I, i think that's big part of belichick and the patriots success over the years they are consistently great because they are all good. They're good in all three phases. And that's something I think is underrated about Belichick's game. He always has special teams units towards the top of the league every year. He has guys that only play special teams, veterans that have only played careers on special teams because he's put so much effort 
into it. And for us, I think to stand a chance against the Patriots, it's going to be all three phases for us. And I'm looking at specifically our special teams with our new additions, right? We got a new veteran presence at kicker. Um, we've been missing that for a long time. I, I wanted to say nine or something kickers in the last couple of years that they were showing the, the names um, that we've had since 2015. And it's, it's just ridiculous. So we get a veteran kicker at Dustin Hopkins. I'm going to be looking at him. I hope he has a good day. We need it. We need a good day from a kicker. And then a new returner. We got Andre Roberts undoubtedly going to help improve a return game, which it, you know, he can't make it any worse. We are dead last in average return per kick and dead last in average field position. A three-time All-Pro or three-time Pro Bowler in that area is going to help us. I, I like Staley in his last press conference talking about how we can't let Herbert drive 80-plus yard yards every single drive. Andre Roberts back there is going to help us a lot. I'm, I'm looking for some big returns. Offensively, I, I think we're going to bounce back. We, we can't. We're we're not going to have the same performance as we did against the Ravens. Against the Ravens, we're just completely out of sync. And with a week off, I really think it's going to let these guys get a lot more familiar with the new playbook because it, it's complicated offense. You know, these guys are still figuring it out. So I think this week off is really going to allow everybody to clean things up a bit, get on the same page because we're going to need it against New England, the sixth best scoring defense in the league right now, allowing only twenty points per game. So, and then defensively, I think our game plan is going to be pretty simple. Our pass defense has been on fire. Our run defense has not. So we, I hope we got that figured out. We Staley was talking about how we are going to be reflecting on ourselves, trying to figure out our game plan. Um, I know we got some guys coming back from the injured reserve who are going to help, but it's going to be a concerted effort if we're going to fix this run defense. It's not going to be one or two guys. Justin Jones, as great as he is, he's not going to solve our problems. Getting Drew Tranquil off the IR. It's going to help. It's not going to solve this. So we're going to need everybody to chip in to stop this deep, the the run. Um, and, and, and it's going to be interesting. Staley took all responsibility for the struggles in the run game, said he needs to coach better. So, you know, we had a whole week to prepare. So I, I want to see those adjustments, especially against the run. Let's go back to Dustin Hopkins. We got some really – we really upgraded our special teams unit like yeah. massively in terms of the return game and the kicking game. Dustin Hopkins has been basically automatic from under 40. And then he gives you like a real chance, for, you know, mm -hmm. outside of that. So extra points, he's 94% in his career. From zero to 20, he's only got one kick, 100%. I mean, I'll easy day, those, those should be 100 percenters, right? Uh, from 20 to 29, he's at 92%, almost 93%. From 30 to 40 yards, uh, he's 92%. So like I said, anything under 40 yards, he's, you know, kicking over 90% for his career. Um, he was 40 of from, from 40 to 49, he was only 80%, but those are, those are a lot longer kicks. And still that's a pretty good percentage uh, from, you know, deep that far. And he's only hitting them from about 50% over 50 yards um, touchbacks, he's kicking them at 73%. So he's getting them out, out of the end zone. A lot of the times, you know, over 70%, that's crazy. And then extra points, um, or total, sorry, total, he's 84% in all for all of his field goals. So we got ourselves a really, really good, reliable kicker, somebody that you should be looking to stick around for the next three, four, five, six years. Uh, he's 31 years old, but 
I mean, kickers, their their lifespan is pretty long in comparison to, to a lot of other guys. Well, I was going to say, for, that, that's kicker prime, really. Six years in the league, he's bounced around a little bit because it, it is a position where it takes a couple years to get going. And even when you have these rookie sensations that have a co- good couple years, they can't sustain it for very long. So six years in, 31, it's kind of when the kicker comes into his own. So at, at age-wise, at that position, doesn't matter as much as no, I'm you know, super the skill positions. Yeah. yeah, I'm super comfortable with him. Super, super. The fact that he was even let go is just astonishing to me. Like, why are you going to let this guy go? And I feel like we knew right away as soon as he he was released, which I don't understand why he was released. He did miss two extra points in one game this season. He's never done that before, ever. And he's only missed two field goals. So he's he's kicked like 11 of 13 this year. Like that's pretty good odds right there. And the fact that he fell to us like that, that's just astonishing to me that he was available. Because we got ourselves somebody that's been reliably a top 15 kicker in every season since, you know, since he was drafted. Like every season he's, he's been at, at least average, if not better. And that's per- all you yeah. need. That's all you need. And perfect timing for both sides, right? Like I, I heard Staley talking about it in the press conference. It just made sense. He needed a spot. We needed a kicker. What more can you, you know, what more do you need? Sign me up. Exactly. And then you get... Andre Roberts, Andre Roberts, the last three seasons has been a top five, top 10 returner. He's right? exciting to watch. Yeah. He's exciting to watch. He can flip field position for you really easily. He can take it to the house. I'm looking primarily at our starting field position from game to game, even if he's not breaking them for touchdowns. If he's getting, you know, putting us on the 30, 35 yard line on kickoffs, or, you know, he's getting us an extra 5, 10, 15 yards on the punt returns, he he's a guy that's going to catch those and he wants, he wants to take them back. You know, he's, he's fast too. He can really, yeah. you know, turn the edge. He finds a seam and he's gone and he runs angry. He kind of yeah. reminds me of Chris Carson as like a, like as a returner, obviously Chris Carson's a running back, but he's just like that angry runner where he gets, he gets that full head of steam. I'm excited to have Andre Roberts, hopefully for the next couple of seasons. Uh, so that we can kind of solidify that part of our special teams unit, which has been lacking. We've had Desmond King, who's been able to return some, but he's he's never been that dangerous, and he's never been reliable at holding onto the ball. So, and that's what I'm the most interested in. Yeah, yes, I'm. I can't wait for the big ones here and there, but I think more than that, it's just consistently being able to get positive yardage from those returns five or six yards just closer than touchbacks or the 20 yard line just five or six yards consistently so justin herbert doesn't have to sustain these long long drives consistently i i think oh that's gonna add up over the course of a game and over the course of a year it's gonna save a lot of mileage on his arm and it's gonna help this team out just those consistently getting us positive yards on the kick returns i'm looking for that just consistency because like you said desmond king would rattle off some big returns here and there but he wasn't consistently getting positive returns. And that's what Andre Roberts is going to do is going to bring consistency to the return game. And he was consistently putting the ball on the ground too. I mean, how yeah. each, each season he'd put the ball on the ground like four or five times. Well, and for every good return, he had two negative, really bad remove us out of game kind of uh, mistakes. So yeah, uh, 
it, which was tough because he was just not in a position. He was not supposed to be there. He was a game changer when he was as a, as a role player in that defense, because we didn't have any guys to put back there by default, he had to go back there and he wasn't really, it wasn't really a position for him. He tried to do too much with the ball. And um, I think that's something you're going to see from Roberts. He's not going, he's not going, he's going to get the big play when it develops, but he's going to be consistent. Yeah. And I think that we need that consistency. And I mean, we really massively upgraded our special teams unit and to be sure, right. Our coverage teams have been fairly good. We've given up a couple, you know, 20 yard runbacks. We haven't given up any major, major mistakes there. And for the most part, that unit, the the coverage unit, the, the blocking units, they've been holding up. I know we've let a couple, you know, punts get kind of close to the punter. I'm not really too stoked about that, but no major mistakes as of yet. So the fact that we have improved our special teams units in, in the way that we did, mm-hmm. it's just going to breathe so much extra life into this offense. Now I'm just looking for that interior defensive lineman. That's all I'm waiting for. We'll see. I don't know. I mean, yeah, it's not going to happen. If it was going to happen, if it was going to happen, it would have happened during the bye week so that he had time, whoever it was, he had time to get acclimated. I think that they're just relying on Justin Jones return, which I believe he was just taken off of IR. I think he should be good to go this week. Um, and like I said, most of our team's fairly healthy. I'm interested to see what adjustments were made during the bye week to help shore that up. Yeah. Um, I'm assuming something had to have happened. Something had to have happened to to correct that issue. I know Brandon Saley said they did a lot of self-evaluation during this bye week. They upgraded the special teams units, but we know when you're dead last in run defense, you have to take a look at that and figure out, can we fix this? in-house or do we got to go outside and they haven't gone outside and if they were going to do it it would have been done last week but we still have another week before the trade deadline right yeah and yeah but i think you're you're right the timeline at this point i think we're too a little too far in so maybe we're we know we have a deal on the the table that's kind of having some trouble materializing but I, i think you're right i think that that ship has already sailed because we haven't already got them in, in already. Yeah, and we already made those week, two other moves. This would be the week of practice where he would have already been here. He would have been here on Tuesday. He would have practiced on Wednesday and nobody's come in. So I think we're set with who we have. I think we may, might've made some adjustments. Maybe we're playing the linebackers a little closer to the line of scrimmage. Uh, maybe we're, you know, moving some guys around. I don't know exactly what we're going to do yet, but we, we didn't make those, we didn't sign anybody. Right. We didn't trade for anybody. And it, I feel like it would have happened by now. Yeah, I agree. So let's talk about the Patriots offense. We talked about it a little bit. So Mac Jones, obviously, really playing well as quarterback. Uh, Damian Harris, this is where I'm, I'm looking at the focus is our run game. We know Bill Belichick likes to exploit mismatches. He likes to. I mean, the Patriots have always been a ground-and-pound team, even with Tom Brady. They've always relied on a strong, strong yeah. running game, and I think that's where they're going to try to attack us most efficiently. Is It's going to be in the trenches, on the offensive line, get Damian Harris lots of carries, especially knowing that you have a rookie quarterback. Mm-hmm. You're going to want to take some pressure off them, 
And when you have the 32nd ranked defense, you're going to attack it. Yeah. You're going to attack it. And I just don't see any other direction that the Patriots go. I mean, they did it against us when we were injured in the playoffs, right? And we played five defensive backs, six defensive backs in that matchup in 2018. Bill Belichick's coming in and he's going to punch us in the mouth. And we're either going to react or we're going to get punched in the mouth. One of the two is going to happen. Well, yeah. <laughs> like you, he knows. Belichick knows. And that he's he's so good at exploiting the mismatches. So I think we can't we, we would be dumb to not be prepared for a heavy dose of the run game Sunday. I really like Staley taking it on the head, taking all the blame, saying it's his fault that he needs to do better coaching. But at the end of the day, he can coach all he wants. The players on the field, they need to execute. So whatever it, whatever adjustments have been made, whether it was coaching, whether it was just personnel, whether it's linebackers close to the line, all the excuses are out the door. We've had a whole week to prepare for it. We've had good running teams. I, I, it's time to solve it. And Staley has backed up everything he said t- so far. So it's going it, to, I can't wait to see what those adjustments are, what they look like, because it, it can't get worse. It can't get worse than dead last. So <laughs> it can't. And it's going to get exploited. We know going into this week what Bill Belichick's going to do. Everybody knows that this is a game where they're going to rush 35 times. I feel like that's. That's going to happen. You've got two really good tight ends, good two blocking tight ends, mm-hmm. Johnny Smith, Hunter Henry. They're going to come in out in two tight end sets. And I think what that's going to do is take defensive backs off, off the field. It's it's If there was another week that we were going to be playing in our base defense quite a bit, it's going to be this week. It's going to be this week. We know what's coming. They We're not afraid of any of their wide receivers. I mean, Jacoby Myers, Nelson Aguilar, Kendrick Bourne, like that's not their game. That's not how they're going to attack us. If anything, that's the weakness of their their offense. And they have a really, really strong offensive line. David Andrews, Shaq Mason, those guys are pro bowlers to, you know, that, you know, second tier of all pros, second team all pros. Um, Isaiah wins young, but he's still a very talented left tackle. Their offensive line, it's strong. And, that's that's how they're coming at us. We know it. Can we can we stop it? Well, and that's I think the key matchup for me defensively is how are we going to stop their running backs? Because Belichick loves to you mix match his running backs, and it seems like avoiding Bel- uh, Patriot running backs in fantasy is a, a strategy I always deploy because. It's so hard to predict because week in, week out, he likes to use different people. And but it's it's no it's not debatable who the best one back there is. And Damian Harris is explosive and we are going to have to figure out a game plan for him. He's already rushed, has a 300 yard rushing games, two in the last two weeks. So the dude's on fire, running with a lot of momentum. Five runs over 20-plus yards, including a, thir- a long of 35. He ranks third in the league with five touchdowns, and he's just so hard to tackle. Broken 20 tackles this year, and out of his 437 rushing yards on the season, 311 have come after contact. So he's just a physical runner. He runs with great balance, and he's not really 
a pass catcher. They don't need him to. They have other backs for that. So when Harris is in the game, you know the Patriots are going to try to run the football. That's all they do with him. And like you said, they're going to come out and try to establish the run early. I, I like their offensive line. I think they're much better when they're allowed to run block. I, I do. I don't think they're that great in pass protection. Mac Jones, I don't think has the ability to outsling Herbert if this thing turns into an offensive flood fest. I definitely don't think he has a, enough juice to come back if we can get up by a couple scores. What I am worried about is the Patriots being able to control the clock with the run game, keeping the ball out of Herbert's hands for long periods of time, and being able to harass him defensively. That That is the game plan that I do not want to see. It's a cycle that has been haunting my dream since the Ravens game. Like I feel like that is the game plan for other teams right now. I haven't gotten much sleep since that Ravens game. So if the Chargers want to dramatically help my insomnia, they got to have to fix this run defense, and it starts with slowing down Damian Harris because that guy's been just a wrecking ball back there. That is that is their entire offense to me, right? Like I yeah. know they got the the tight ends. I know they got the offensive line. But their one skill possession player who's doing like everything for them, it's it's their running back, right? It's, yeah. it's Damian Harris. I think he was like a third round pick a few seasons ago. He wasn't even starting. And then I really feel like this was the year he really blew up and, and really took that role as a true RB1. Well, and it's just recently too, because week two, I think he was held to negative yards rushing, um, only had like 40 between week three and week four and has really been picking up since then. So he's young, like you said, but he, he's really come to his own as of late, which scares us because we can't stop the run. We can't. And that's their offense. This is one of those other mismatches to our defense. It, it's and on paper, on paper. It, yeah. This game dramatically favors the Patriots. And I'm worried about it. I'm legitimately worried about it, just like I was with the Browns. We did beat the Browns, and I don't think that the their offense can get into a uh, a um, a track meet with well, with us. And what really worries me is we have the support of like the NFL Network and the ESPNs of the world. They're all going with us to win this game. Like I I don't like that. It feels too comfortable. I know the Chargers are not feeling comfortable because this is going to be a close game. Um, and I'm and I'm looking at these and you know how they do like the analysis, the staff picks from each of those big networks. It's all like nine to ten chargers. And I, I feel like those are the games that we've historically let you know get get away from us. Um I, I'd like to see us, you know, once again turn the corner with with Staley and this new team that we've seen so far. And I think that the reason we're so highly favored to win this game is because the Patriots' defense is not the defense of old. I mean, there was uh, there was a time where their defense just smothered people. Like they, yeah, and and you know they had the really good defensive coordinator. But when you look at their defense on paper, for, first of all, they got a lot of injuries. Chase mm-hmm. Winovich is just hit IR just recently. Um, their defensive line. I mean, Lawrence guys like 32, 33, 34. I haven't I don't remember him being ever relevant like ever. You know, Devon Godchocks, uh, their linebackers are even kind of weak, Matt Judon, Dante Hightower, Kyle Van Noy, guys that were uh, originally like really high caliber players, but as of today, they're kind of just those 
um, overhyped older linebackers that aren't able to stay really relevant in pass coverage. Um, I know that they traded Stephon Gilmore. I actually just saw this like like today. I didn't even notice that they they traded him away to the Panthers. So they lost their you know their defensive MVP yeah. just a few seasons ago. JC Jackson's a really good corner. He's a CB one in this league. I feel like he sneakily became that. Like I, I don't remember JC Jackson really popping out in any particular season up until like last season, right? Like I didn't even know who he was for a long time. And now he's just this stud that came out of nowhere. Uh, Kyle Duggar is a really good safety. I like Kyle Duggar, but again, you know, Devin McCourty, who's his, his teammate back there. I mean, Devin McCourty's in his, is aging too. He's an old guy as well. Jalen Mills has kind of been up and down in his seasons. I don't think that this Patriots defense is all that good. And I love Adrian Phillips just because, you know, he was a homegrown talent there. He's their highest graded defender, but he's not even listed as a starter there. Um, I just think that that's where we're going to really beat this team down. And why I have us actually winning by a pretty good margin is because I don't think that their defense is able to keep up. I think that they need a infusion of youth there. I, I think that they need to really build up their defense to, to become anything special because I look at it on paper and I'm just not impressed. Yeah. Well, I think that's the been the success story over there in new England as is Belichick gets all of these journeymen or, or guys who've had successful careers who are at the tail end of their careers and then is able to prolong their careers three, four years, but getting them in the right role. But all of those defenses have superstars leading them high tower for the longest time. Stefan Gilmore leading those charge. They don't have that superstar to head the defense anymore, which now you're just left with a bunch of, role players kind of past their primes looking for, you know, someone to feed off of, but they don't have that superstar firepower to fuel this defense. I mean, there was a time where like defensively, they just had stars all over the place, right? All over the place. And I look at it now and it's like, these are mostly like castaways. This is not a typical bill Belichick's defense. Like no. it's not, it's not, it's, you know, they even brought like Junior Seau in, right? Who was like past his career, but he was like still playing at a really high level. But he had other guys around him that helped right. make his job easy, right? And all he had to do was play smart, play smart, and they made it to the Super Bowl plenty of times, plenty of times. What was the name of the Steelers' um, uh, edge rusher, the guy that likes to do all the crazy uh, workouts? James um, Harrison. James Harrison, like that was such a good pick up for them at the time because oh, that's right. he wasn't needed to do a whole lot there, right? Yeah. He didn't need to do a whole lot there. And I can think of, right now I can't, but typically I can think of a lot of Patriots players who their careers ended with the Patriots. And they it's because they were really smart, instinctive players who weren't quite as athletic because they were, you know, a lot older. But Rodney then, Harrison went over there, prolonged his career, and won a couple Super Bowls. Yeah, and it's it's just crazy to see those types of guys and the guys that are filling those roles today is Matt Judon, Lawrence Guy, um, you know, Jalen Mills. Like those aren't those aren't those guys. They were never superstars. They were good players for sure, really good players, but 
you know, Devin McCord is the only person filling that role who earned that role, but he's a lifelong Patriot. Lifelong Patriot, and I'm pretty sure he missed last game and is questionable for this week. So that's your superstar. Yeah. Nursing it, some injuries. It, it's just, it's not your typically seen defense for Bill Belichick. And, well, and maybe it's something where he knows he's in a rebuild, but I mean, he spent a lot of money this off season, a lot of money. And I'm just not seeing the fruits of those benefits. Well, and you said you have the chargers winning this one big. So I'm, I'm expecting that means a big showing from the offense. So where sheath underwear makes the most comfortable boxer briefs I've ever worn. If you're sick of boxers that are too loose or briefs that are too tight, Sheath is for you. The most comfortable boxer briefs you'll ever put on your body. You see, their stretchy fabric is made out of a moisture-wicking technology. They're super soft, keep everything cool and comfortable, and right in place. Sheath is particularly useful for staying cool while working out. Now, the most unique thing about Sheath underwear is that they have these dual pouches that keep your man parts separated, which prevents things from sticking together, keeps them right where they need to be. They'll be the most comfortable pair of boxer briefs you've ever worn in your life. Plus, they have brand new materials like bamboo and mesh for even more cooling comfort. Go to sheathunderwear.com and get the most comfortable underwear you've ever worn. And if you use promo code IHEART, you'll also get 20% off your order. That's sheathunderwear.com. Promo code IHEART for 20% off your order. Sheathunderwear.com. Promo code IHEART. Where are you looking? What what miss you know, what matchups are, are you trying to exploit? So I still think that their secondary is a little more talented. I think that we're gonna win in the trenches. I'm looking for Austin Eckler to have a pretty big day. Um, I'm thinking something like 180 yards split between nice. receiving and rushing with like two or three touchdowns to go with it. I have the Patriots winning 34-14. Chargers. Chargers. Chargers winning 34-14. That's right. kind of where I'm at on this. I, I don't think that the Patriots are all that good, and I think the record shows they're three and four. Yeah, well, and, and they they just recently put two really good games together. You were reading off Mac Jones' stats. Nine touchdowns to six inter- interceptions. Four of those touchdowns have came in the last two weeks where he's thrown no picks. So before outside of those two weeks, which one week was against the Jets, so technically doesn't count. Before those two games, he had four touchdowns to six interceptions. He's still a rookie quarterback who's had two really good weeks. I I think we exploit him this weekend. I really do. I mean, when you look at like who they've played and who they beat, Right, they lost to the Dolphins. It's the Dolphins' only win this season, and I think the Dolphins are more talented than their record. But I mean, they lost to the Dolphins. They beat the Jets. Okay, whatever. Right, like the Jets are terrible. Uh, they lost to the Saints. Saints are a pretty good team. the The one quality, I guess, loss that they actually do have is against the uh, the Buccaneers. They, they lost played by them two. well in that game. They did play them well. Played surprisingly well. And, and, you know, that was like a matchup. Everybody was watching the whole Bill Belichick to Tom Brady yeah. matchup. And then you, you look at their next couple, like, games. I mean, the Texans are terrible, and they barely beat the Texans. Texans are, like, garbage. They played the Cowboys pretty well, but then, then they played the Jets again. While they blew out the Jets, it's the Jets. Like, 
it's they beat the Jets twice and it's not even week eight. Like it's yeah. their their record really does not show that this is a good team. And they're going into a, a back half of the season that's a little bit tougher, right? They're gonna play us, they're gonna play the Browns, they're gonna play the Titans, they're gonna play the Bills. This team is gonna end with like five wins max, maybe six. I just don't see them being all that good. No. And this is one of those games that we start to gain some momentum. As we start going into this back half of the season, which is really not the strongest schedule, we should really start building momentum, and it starts with this game. This is that game that you need to to build this out. And it'll be big. It'll be a big momentum builder. Like, I I don't know how many – how how many players are still talking about the loss last year but as a fan that one still hurts yeah it still, totally hurts and so, we deserve this blowout we, we deserve it we do we do we've been you know watching the patriots manhandle us for years since 2008 just easily and it hasn't been close like we haven't really been close um brady for so long was just our kryptonite we just could not get that guy figured out and now he's gone so I'm having I'm I'm so looking forward to the next quarterback over there, which looks like it's Mac Jones. I'm going to say he's going to have a negative career winning percentage against us, unlike Brady, who just dominated us for so many years. I think it starts Sunday, getting us a win, shutting Mac Jones down, and this whole yeah, they're not the Patriots teams of old. I I, I would respect this team, but I'm not scared, and I think the Chargers put together their first complete team win in all three phases. Um, and I'm actually really excited. So I'm looking, I'm looking at Bill Belichick, right? I feel like, I mean, he's been coaching in the NFL since like the eighties. Yeah. Not like the end of the Bill Belichick. Like, is this not the end? Like how many more years is this guy going to coach? Well, I feel like this is where the Patriots start the rebuild. I feel like this was like his last hurrah. Let me go and spend some money, which is not typical of the Patriots. Let me build up the best roster I can. And it's not a bad roster. It's just not a good roster. No. Yeah, I, I definitely I feel like think this is the end. This is the end is. of the Patriots dynasty. Really ended when Tom Brady left. But I just don't see how much longer cut off sleeves is going to like cut off sweaters like it's not (laughs) this is it this is the end of the Patriots dynasty it it started when Tom Brady left and it really legitimately ended then like it really legitimately ended like Bill Belichick's never gonna have that quarterback again there's no way he's gonna establish that type of camaraderie he did with Tom Brady it's yeah well and it's really refreshing that they're no longer you know the powerhouses that they've been but I I don't know. This is just something I just thought of right now. Give, give me a team, both AFC and NFC, because there are such, you know, a bunch of young, good, court, you know, franchise caliber quarterbacks. Give me a team, each conference that you see potentially being able to put. It's never going to be like a Patriot dynasty, but who could be the next, you know, dynasty in the NFL? I mean, dynasty wise, you're looking at like for the AFC East, it's, it has to be the Bills. Or yeah. the Dolphins. The Dolphins have so many, so much draft capital. Yeah. Right. But then the Dolphins are also looking at trading away 
Tua, and then the the guy that they're trading for. I mean, next season he could be in prison. Like, yeah, yeah, that, uh, that's a legitimate like scare. And I, I, I mean, Tua just threw for like four hundred yards and four touchdowns last week. So I would not trade Tua. I still think Tua's super talented. I do too. I'll admit that I was on the Tua train more so than the Herbert train. I really was. I, I, I was. still, I was. I loved everything about Tua. And the Dolphins are really set up for the best long-term success. I feel like they're missing that coach to take the next level. That's why I have the Bills kind of in front of them. Yeah. Is Sean McDermott is just an awesome coach. And that that team, that quarterback over there with the Bills, the Bills are legit, and they're going to be legit for a long time. You look at the AFC West, I mean, your front runners is going to be the Chargers and Chiefs. Nobody else has any long-term success. I mean, the Raiders are in such despair Shambles, long-term yeah. wise. I don't know who their head coach is of the future. I don't know who their quarterback is of the future. You know, yeah, we don't know if Derek that Carter. Job? Who wants that job? Honestly. I mean, they have some talented players somewhere, but that, that team is like on the fringe of a rebuild. And it's also on the fringe of like well, being a good team. So it's like yeah. either which way direction you, you take it. I mean, I just don't know where they're the, the Raiders Future is so cloudy. So cloudy. Well, and they played surprisingly well in the two weeks without Gruden. Uh, I thought they were going to just get, you know, blown out of the building and have played two, honestly, really solid games better than they've honestly looked all year with Gruden. I mean, but if we just look at the AFC West short term, the Chargers are in the best position because they have a rookie quarterback who is phenomenal. And he's under a rookie contract for the next three seasons. And that's the big thing. Like that's, you can build a team around that with a young coach. Yeah. The the chiefs are really struggling right now, which is so weird to see the strange. way that they're losing these games, but Mahomes is only making 8 million this year. Like he's not even making that much money. And that jump to 40 million starts next season. So their defense is going to get worse. Their offense is going to get worse. They have a really young offensive line, a young core. Almost every – they're starting three rookies this year. They're going to get better on the offensive line. That's just a guaranteed. But how are you keeping Tyreek Hill and you're keeping um, their tight end? Like, how are you doing that? Like, yeah. it's going to it's gonna get really tough for them really soon. And I know Patrick Mahomes' guaranteed money isn't all that much. So, at some point, you're going to see – them really start to struggle. And I could see in like three years them being like, you know what? We might need to offload this contract. Yeah. It'll be interesting. I, I think. I, I don't I think don't that think... they will because he's the golden boy there, right? They'll yeah. do, give him anything, but everything around him. And we're going to run into this issue because when he signed that contract, it set a precedence for all the other star quarterbacks. Right. It did, yeah. and we're going to feel this eventually. Like, it's going to hit the Chargers because Justin Herbert is already the golden board. Have you tried to – have you even looked at what his memorabilia is going for price-wise? <laughs> no, It's insane. No. I bet. Well, yeah, people know. People can tell how special this kid is. Every week he's breaking another record for however many starts it's been in his young, young career. Yeah, it's exciting because that this is the perfect time to make any to build any type of franchise. When we yeah, we're making the right moves. Um, 
next year's draft will be very, very interesting and very, very critical if we want to compete for Super Bowls for the next four or five years. The the interesting one that now that you're talking about like those teams that have the potential to be those next, um, the next thing. What's going on with the AFC North? Bengals, Ravens, Browns. We we know the Steelers are headed to a terrible rebuild. Yeah, but that is going to be such a strong and hard division. Yeah, it, there's a lot of good football players in the NFL right now. We're in a you know very very good spot, but yeah, that's it. And you can just keep going down the list. Like there's just so many competitive conferences. That one in particular is going. It is just so interesting because all three teams elite defenses, but then you look at the offenses, they're all just so completely different. The Bengals are typical spread offense, going to air you out. The Ravens are just so unpredictable in what they could do. Haven't been considered a passing team, but have kind of figured it out this year, how to throw the ball. And then the Browns, the exact opposite of the Bengals are just going to run down your throat with the 18 running backs they have over there. So yeah, that's so who's very, the one that's going to come out on to top? me out of those ones. I, I think the Ravens, um, I think Lamar out of those three, is honest in my opinion well joe 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 burrow needs a full complete season for me to get on board um i think the talent's there he hasn't played a, a you know a full year um so he hey needs jamar to, chase is oh they're exciting they're very very exciting um, jamar that, chase is literally going to break his teammates record like he's, he's gonna do it that, Especially with the extra game, but he's not going to need the extra game. He's going to do it in 16 games. I mean, he just had 200 yards receiving last week. The dude is a huge, huge deep threat. And yeah, I know we special. were talking about early season drops. This guy is just killing it. Jamar yeah, Chase yeah. and Joe Burrow are going to be the next um, Tom Brady, Randy Mott. They're going to be the next Joe Montana, Jerry Rice. Like, it's, it is legit. Wow. You it think is they're going to be that good? Well, they are that good. I'll tell They're you what. Basically rookies, and they have their whole careers to grow. And I don't see them ever separating those two. Wherever Joe goes, and he's going to stay with the Bengals, but wherever Joe goes, Jamar Chase is going to stay right there with him. They're friends, best friends. They're best been together. Friends. Yeah, been together since college. And the reason Joe Burrow had so much success and the reason Jamar Chase had so much success is because of each other. How do you break up that relationship? Yeah, I well, you don't, you don't, and that's why everybody seemed to have their own pick for the Bengals in that in that draft, right? Everybody wanted Penay Sewell there, um, but the Bengals listened to what you know their players, and they listened to what they believed, and they went out and got Jamar Chase, and a lot of people thought that wasn't going to work for them. But look at the results: eight weeks or seven weeks in, you can't. five and two. Well, they're the it, top. They're the top dog in the AFC North. That's so insane balling. to think. They're balling defensively. You know, yeah, that's a fun team. Like they were looking at the schedule coming out. I thought later into the season that was going to be a game that wasn't going to mean much. That is going to be one hell of a game, um, week twelve or eleven, whenever we face them. One I wasn't really super excited about at the beginning of the season. One I am very very excited about. Now, that two of the best quarterbacks going at it. Um, that's and that looks like going to be you know the new Peyton Brady type of matchup over here in the AFC that has that type of potential with you know those quarterbacks. 
that AFC West is so cloudy to know who's going to come out on top. And I feel like every year it's going to be a, a different winner. I mean, you got two really like elite quarterbacks there. And then Baker Mayfield, he can surprise you. I mean, he surprised us, right? He had over 300 yards passing. He but he doesn't, he doesn't need to carry that team because he's got such a phenomenal running game. The issue being how long is that running game going to stay there? We, we know Chubb is really, really good. But we know the, the lifespan of running backs, especially guys who get 20, 30 carries a game, tends to decrease in a hurry. I mean, we saw with LaDainian Tomlinson. LaDainian Tomlinson had like six legit years of just being absolutely dominant. Dominant, 200 yards a game injuries, at least. Yeah. The and then injuries it was piled just up. the hill, which was so sad to see because he went from being so dominant to just one game. And they were like, that's not even, that's, that's not, not even the that? guy. Yeah. yeah. And was, like, yeah. Tomlinson was dominant. I mean, he's Insane. top five all-time running back. I mean, at least statistically he is, right? So, like, can Chubb get there, right, in, in well, today's? I don't know. The way the His health the is Browns, what it comes down to. Well, and I think they – I don't know. I think the Browns have the good the, – the best strategy to prolong a running back like that because, yeah, Chubb's getting it 20, 50, 25 times a game. But, you know, he doesn't have to, and they have other running backs they can lean to if he ever does develop an injury or has to. But how long does Hunt injury. stay there? How long does Hunt stay there? Well, Hunt that, is an RB1 and on every other. I, I think, honestly believe if Hunt was on the Chargers, he'd be starting in place of Eckler because he's just, ooh. because he is more of a, a, a running back, not just a, a pass catching back, right? And Eckler is really good. Don't get me wrong. I, I love everything about Eckler. But I feel like the running style of Hunt is what, you know, he's that guy you can put in between the tackles. He was an RB1 as a rookie with the Chiefs. Yeah. So here's my – so I, I I respect Hunt a lot, and I think he'll be good and honestly think it's about the time for him to go chase a bag somewhere else and go get a running back one kind of contract. I'm not worried about the Browns running game because – You've seen Dernis Johnson balling out. You've seen um, Demetric Felton and his few chances balling out. So He's fast, dude. That guy is so fast. Well, and so I, I think they value that position so much. They're always going to have a couple on cue for when a guy like Hunt does go to another team. So I'm not too worried about it. I, I, I'm confident in either one of those guys trying to re- being able to replace Hunt next year. They are unique enough. They're different enough. They are not. They are not Hunt, but because of the Browns organization and their commitment to running the football, I think they're always going to have uh, multiple running backs over there because it's the style that they have built. And yeah, as long as they've had, success as long as their head coach is there, there's there's no way that they're changing their well, and, identity. And they're being competitive, right? right? They're being competitive for the first time in years, generations of Browns fans. Um, they're not going to abandon that until. Yeah, they're not going to abandon that quite yet. So let's talk about the AFC West while we're at it, right? You got the Titans, Colts, Jaguars, Texans. Texans, disarray. No idea what they're doing. No yeah, idea knows? what they're doing. No idea who their head coach is going to be think, next year. Yeah, no I idea who might, their quarterback is. <laughs> they might make Brandon Cooks their longtime quarterback go at this I, rate. It doesn't make, yeah, it doesn't Tyra make any Taylor. sense. Tyrod Taylor is QB1. <laughs> but then, I mean, the rest of that kind of gets a little crowded as well i mean the titans are the top dog there they're a really good team 
But Derrick Henry is also another one of those guys who gets 30, 30. I mean, he is leading the NFL in carries, and it's by a long margin. He's insane. And he is insane. Uh, I was actually on Twitter spaces uh, with Baldy yesterday talking a little bit about um, – and, and Baldy says that he's the best player of any position in the NFL. Like, he's – by far the best running back and RB two isn't even that close. And it's true. Like the guy is a cyborg. Like he's he dominant. is. He's, he's insane. The fact his stiff arm, can we go and just admit that it's the nastiest stiff arm of all time? He's bench pressing guys. D lineman with one arm. It's, it's insane. It's insane. That, that guy is, uh, I don't know what kind of animal or beast is. <laughs> I, I think of like like a crazy ridiculous werewolf who's just so much bigger than everybody and just like tears apart everything in its path. The guy is fast. I mean, he doesn't get caught from behind. You see big guys, and usually those guys will hit you know the 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 A gap, the B gap, and they'll bounce off and they'll move forward. But then you got guys who have like speed, like legit like four three speed. You never get the combination of the two in the same person. No, I, I, I honestly, I think if you gave his dreadlock arms and legs, it would be able to run for 100 yards in the NFL. He's like that dominant. And I just don't see, as long as he's there, any anybody else in the AFC South competing. No way. No, he's the king of all kings. That man, yeah, so insane. And I, I love the Colts' defense. Trevor Lawrence, I mean, he, I know he's struggling a little bit early on. He's got a terrible head coach, in my yeah. opinion. Um, that that marriage is headed to a quick divorce. I, well, yeah, which one? <laughs> somebody is about to become a very proud divorcee. Uh, but I just I don't see how the Colts are ever going to get knocked off as long as Derrick Henry is is healthy. And the guy just doesn't get injured. He's just so big, strong. I know he, he deals with his own bumps and bruises, but he is one of the toughest individuals for the amount of the amount of contact that he draws. I mean, well, no yeah. other team plays as loaded of a box than they do. There are teams that will legit not even have a safety in the deep part of the field. Those are just coming straight downhill. You need the whole team to tackle him, um, to have a chance to tackle him. So. And even at that like a whole team won't bring him down. Like not always. No, yeah, he's a beast. You get into the NFC, so we'll start at the NFC East: Cowboys, Washington, Eagles, Giants. I mean, the Cowboys. No other team there is even scary to me. Like, no NFC least, and would really be the NFC least if Dak didn't have the. Dak's really putting together a comeback player of the year type of season. I and really even wasn't an MVP, expecting it. Right. Like he's yeah. even putting up those he's types balling. of numbers. He's balling. Yeah. Way better than I would expect, but they are definitely easily the favorite in that division. I mean, they're five and one. Everybody else is two and five. Well, so yeah. The yeah. Washington football team has no quarterback of their future. Nope. Jalen hurts. I like Jalen hurts, but Jalen hurts is never going to be that guy. No. And I like the Eagles. I like the Eagles pieces, but it, it's something about that organization. I just don't. Th- I just don't have any faith in them. And just Nick year Sirianni. in and year out. Well, it, it's not even the coaches. It's just it, it's something about them. They can't figure out their own demons, and it's every it's how year. He, 
it's Howie. Howie yeah, Roseman yes. is what it ultimately comes down to. There was a time where he was a very highly thought of um, executive, right? The the GM there. Yeah. But Howie Roseman, that has run its course. And I know he was a homegrown guy for the Eagles, came up from like, I think he was like a ball boy or something crazy like that. That's and cool over, story. yeah, over like the 15 year period, he worked his way up all the way up into like a really legit and he won a Super Bowl. Let's be real here. He won a Super Bowl, but I feel like that has run its course. But and yeah, and it's gotten to the point where you're, you're now you're doing too much. You need to hire guys to do the job and let them do the job. It seems like he's, you know, has his fingers in a little too much. Um, and then I don't, which would be hard if you having success building that Super Bowl roster and then kind of having to take a back seat. But at this point, yeah, you're doing a little too much. I hate how they're using Miles Sanders. I hate it. And it's things like that. It's like, yeah, adapt, figure it out. Cause what you're doing right now, you're wasting, you're wasting a prime talent. Yeah, he is. Miles Sanders. There's no reason Miles Sanders can't be just as good as Saquon Barkley. There's no well, reason. In my well, opinion, I, I really <laughs> have always liked, and Saquon's a beast, don't get me wrong, but Miles Sanders was a phenomenal college talent, and they're just wasting it away. Wasting it away. And then I'm not I'm not afraid of the Giants in the, the slightest. They're out-term. No. They're, they're look, it, nothing about the, yeah. Next next conference is <laughs> going to the NFC West. Um, This is a little weird, right? So I feel like, the Rams and Cardinals are definitely at the top of that, but this is also a really strong conference. Um, you got the the Cardinals, who are really the, the hottest team in the NFL right now. They're, they're all nice. they're seven and zero. Um, Kyler Murray is a legit candidate for MVP. Uh, they got some really strong pieces. They got really good receivers. They got a really good defense. Um, their outlook looks really good, but then you know the Rams have that strong defense as well. The Matt Stafford is like such a good player for them in the situation yeah. that they needed him to be in. And that is, I'm really looking forward to those matchups come uh, Monday night football, come Sunday night football, because they are playing some primetime games that the, that's going to be a, a key matchup. The 49ers defense has been really good, but I feel like I don't necessarily know if how long that's going to last, right? Some of those contracts are going to start coming up. Um, their secondaries are going to get beat up a little bit. Uh, Jason Vrett already dealing with more injuries, which was terrible because he had a really good season last year. Yeah. It's a strong defense now. I really like Debo Samuel. I really like Brandon Ayuk. They got some good pieces there. Uh, Trey Lance has been very, very impressive and limited. You know, they, they just need to commit to him. Yeah. Um, I, I, they have some pieces together. They have a good coach. Uh, are they going to get together is ultimately it comes down to. Well, and I would, you know, if it was any other era, I would say definitely. But you're going to have to deal with Kyler Murray for a long, long time. And right now for the foreseeable future, you got to go through Matthew Stafford and a very, very dominant Rams defense. So just those two teams four games of your schedule every year before the schedule even comes out. I think you're looking at best competing for a wild card every year. I just, I look at the Rams for the next three seasons while Matthew Stafford's still playing at a high level. 
they're still going to be in contention. Um, and then Sean McVay is just phenomenal coach as well. I feel yeah. like the Seahawks are kind of on the downward spiral right now. Uh, I feel like Pete Carroll is going to get replaced here very soon, if not this season, time. next season. Yeah. <laughs> and, I mean, their defense – I mean, Bobby Wagner is their defense. They don't have the best defensive group anymore. I feel like that's an area that has really taken a hit to this team. Uh, that was a really dominant era for them for many years. Um, I just don't see – you know, they they have um, their safety. Can't Blair? think of their. Uh, no, 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 no. The one they traded two first round picks and like a third for. Oh, Jamal Adams. Jamal Adams. Jamal Adams has been up and down. I know that he had like a ton of sacks last season as a safety, um, but he's not Derwin James. He's good. No. He's really, really good. But his coverage is lacking a little bit more than they probably would like. And they're asking him to do a lot, but I feel like the the Seahawks Russell. Wilson, I don't think that they're even close to getting back into Super Bowl contention, especially this season with Russell being injured. Well, and I think it's Pete Carroll. I really think he's holding that team back right now. I think he's just a little caught too, just entrenched with his old ways. And I think they have talent. I think you could really make that team good. But right but now, it's a you, tough division. It's to a tough division. That. It's a tough division. But I really think they would benefit a lot from going a different direction, coaching wise. Um, just because right now Pete Carroll's not really paying to the strengths of his team. You got two of the best, I think one of the best uh, receiver duos, and you're trying to run the football with a third, you know, your second, third string running back. It's just like decisions like that. Like, what are you doing? Running, running the ball with against an eight man box. Like, just throw, just throw one pass. You know, um, it's it's stuff like that which make me think Pete Carroll's, you know, on his way out in Seattle. And then moving on to the NFC North, um, this is a little interesting. I feel like Aaron Rodgers is finally happy, right? I finally he might think be. he – I feel like he's listening. Like the coaching staff is listening to him. Everybody's listening. I mean, he brought – he shed a lot of light and a lot of different stuff. They traded for his ball boy, Randall Cobb. Uh, he has a lot more input now, and that's all he wanted, right? Yeah. He didn't even – he didn't even want to make decisions. He just wanted to have input. Hey, he let me recruit yeah. guys. Let me, you know, talk to some guys and, and keep the core of this team where we want it to be. But then you also look at Aaron Rodgers' age. Like, how much longer is he going to do it? Is he going to do it as long as Tom Brady? Maybe. Yeah. But he know. seemed to have a lot of fun during the offseason when he didn't do shit. <laughs> well, and he's but he's balling, though. So He is. He he's is. balling. He's, at, at, you know, at MVP caliber some of the best football he's been ever playing after one of you know the laziest offseason I've ever seen from a superstar quarterback <laughs> like what is he doing checking hey, coladas on life. the beach killing it and comes back and still is able to perform at a high high level um I mean that's any man's dream right there <laughs> I, it is I mean his wife is beautiful he's on the Pat McAfee show once a week he's got his yeah. own segment right what like can you want what else can you want I guess he needs, you know, his a new a new uh, Wrangler jeans endorsement, and he'll have it all. <laughs> and you know, even their their wide receiver, I, I feel like he's going to stay because of that relationship. He knows he's with a, a top quarterback, even if it's something where you know, make my contract years mirror Aaron Rodgers, right? As long as Aaron Rodgers is here, I'm going to stay here. Type of situation. The Packers honestly don't really have a whole lot. I mean, the Vikings are not that good. Uh, Vikings have some pieces, but the Vikings in in total totality, I just 
I don't know if that's where I think it is. Uh, but anyways, we'll uh, the, you know, the Vikings, you know, they got some good pieces there. They, they got some young talent that they need to develop, but they're not ready to compete right now. Um, Justin Fields, we'll see what happens with that experiment. Obviously, the, the Bears are not good right now. Like, they no. are really not good. But they do – I mean, Justin Fields, I still think, could be a legit threat mm-hmm. in this league. And the Lions are just a dumpster fire ready to just explode. Yeah. <laughs> Dan Campbell, I like his energy. I like his passion. I like him in interviews. Uh, he's got players doing up-downs, professional athletes doing up-downs in practice. So yeah. – chewing off kneecaps or not actually they're not <laughs> chewing any kneecaps i do like the fight from Pene sewell not backing down from uh, aaron donald I, I like the fight there they're a long long ways from being relevant especially with anthony lynn as their offensive coordinator yeah no that limits you i mean very very dynamic talent you have a really young uh tight end in tj hawkinson and and some decent young receivers but yeah that that offense is gonna go nowhere with that man um it, and it, i like swift like uh swift is a, a really good running back he's been misutilized he's also injured so yeah what is their what does their outlook look like yeah jared goff yeah they're they're not going anywhere in a hurry not worried Let, well let's go back to you know our, our, our charger game what are what's the one big thing the chargers need to do to get a victory on sunday against the patriots against the patriots i feel like we just need to uh to to run the ball like i was saying i i think austin eckler is gonna have a big game i'm not afraid of the defensive line um it is what it is i i think that this is game is gonna be one in the trenches on either side of the ball. It doesn't really matter. If you look at the defensive side of the ball, you look at the offensive side of the ball, it's going to be one in the trenches. I like it. I mean, I I, th- I really do think this Charger team has playoff potential. I don't think we go very far if we can't figure out this run defense. I, I, I want to see us show out against the run, get a win against the Patriots, and kick off, g- gain some momentum. Because I, I feel like y- you want to put a win – or a loss like we had to the Ravens, you want to put that out of you know out of the back of our minds, and you do that with a dominant showing. I think it starts Sunday against the Patriots. I'm all ready for it. I've been waiting for two weeks for this game. I'm ready to go. All right, so uh, I don't really have anything else to cover. Uh, we forgot the NFC South: Buccaneers, Saints, Falcons, Panthers. But to be honest, none of their future future outlook looks all that great. I guess maybe the Saints, but. Um, that's about it for me. You got anything else, Zach? No. Um, we'll close it on. Let's go get this win against the Patriots. First time since 2008. Way overdue. I think it starts last, on Sunday. Last thing I want to ask you before we get out of here. What's, What's the score going to be? I'm going 35-17. Big day from the Bolts. Big day from the Bolts. Big day from everybody, all three teams. And I'm going to predict we're getting a special teams touchdown. Don't know if it's a punt. Don't know if it's a kick, but it's going to be a special teams touchdown. That's going to be so satisfying when you look at last year's matchup versus the Patriots when they demolished us just because of special teams. Had like under 50 yards passing and yeah. everything was all special teams. So everything was in the think, red zone. All I their can't drives. think of a more fitting win come Sunday. Thank you guys so much for listening. 
Give us a review. Give us a subscribe. And we'll talk to you guys later. Sheath underwear makes the most comfortable boxer briefs I've ever worn. If you're sick of boxers that are too loose or briefs that are too tight, Sheath is for you. The most comfortable boxer briefs you'll ever put on your body. You see, their stretchy fabric is made out of a moisture-wicking technology. They're super soft, keep everything cool and comfortable, and right in place. Sheath is particularly useful for staying cool while working out. Now, the most unique thing about sheath underwear is that they have these dual pouches that keep your man parts separated, which prevents things from sticking together, keeps them right where they need to be. They'll be the most comfortable pair of boxer briefs you've ever won in your life. Plus, they have brand new materials like bamboo and mesh for even more cooling comfort. Go to sheathunderwear.com and get the most comfortable underwear you've ever worn. And if you use promo code IHEART, you'll also get 20% off your order. That's sheathunderwear.com. Promo code IHEART for 20% off your order. Sheathunderwear.com. Promo code IHEART.